0: Hey everyone, welcome to She Brigade, the podcast. I'm your host, Billon Limsemech. On each episode, we bring you amazing trailblazing women to come share with you their life and career journeys, from entrepreneurs to nine to fivers and everyone in between. Our guests go through all of the highs and all the lows of this life journey that have brought them to being who they are today. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of She Brigade. On today's show, I am super excited to have her on the show actually. We have Amonge Singato. And Amonga is just 18 years old, but she's a social entrepreneur and she's an emerging creative. In 2016, Amonga co-founded and became the creative curator of Blackboard Africa, which aims to place young people at the forefront of global change. Um, she's been on various regional and global platforms like Global Citizen. TEDx, Black Girls Rock with the former U.S. lady, U.S. first lady, sorry, Michelle Obama, um, Google and Facebook. Wow, Among Amanget, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to have you on.
1: I'm so excited to be on. I think platforms like these are so, so important. And yeah, I'm, I'm just happy to share my story.
0: So, yeah, I mean, you've done so much and at such a young age, um, <clears throat> anyway let's just get into it and you'll tell us all about yeah. it <laughs> okay so so on the show we like to start all the way from the beginning you know um, got you. tell us a little bit about um, your background your upbringing your, your what it was like growing up I know you're still so young but like back back yeah. way back when where you started from I got you got you um
1: so I've always lived in Joburg which is a massive kind of Factor in in my context in terms of how I've just been interacting with the world So I'm very like all about, you know experiencing different people and Mm. kind of Really emerging in different cultures because like Joburg is just a melting pot for creativity Mm. and just like engagement with people who are very very different and very very cultured in, in many different ways So, um, that's kind of always been my, my experience and my starting point. And then, um, you know, I was really fortunate to have parents who, you know, did a lot and worked super hard to make sure that I went to like really amazing schools. Um, so like modest model C institutions, they just Mm. wanted to give me the best opportunities. Education was a major priority for them. And again, I say that that's a massive part of, of, you know, how I've been, shaping or shaping myself or has been shaped I guess um, and why I actually started Blackboard so I mean Model C schools they're great for you know the actual learning mm-hmm. um, you know resources are great facilities great um, but I think what's really really lacking is that you know post you know freedom and and democracy We were allowed to be in these spaces, but no actual changes or room was made for us to exist. Mm. So we could be there, but, you know, either fit in or get out type of thing. Um, So we weren't allowed to speak our languages. We're not Mm. allowed to wear our hair. And then there's just like a plethora of microaggressions that come pouring down at us um, from just the way in which we're socialized to think about who we are as Africans. And in that environment, it's not welcome. You're not supposed to be that here. You're supposed to be a lovely Western lady who, you know, doesn't wear your skirt below your knee. I mean, above your knee. (laughs) And, you know, you're just really... Not who we are as Africans, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's something that I wasn't entirely aware of for much of my upbringing. And I, I kind of was, I knew that something wasn't really right about it. But I mean, I kind of let it slide. It just felt like the norm of, okay, this is just how things are. Um, And then, I don't know what really set it off or what ignited it, but um, I think I was in grade nine or grade 10, early grade 10, and there was this voice note of these black boys talking about how repulsive, you know, black women are and how they would never date a black girl. And it was absolutely jarring because, I mean, this is, it was the norm at the time. So Mm -hmm. it's not like it was... Groundbreaking or anything, but it was the fact that it was so normalized that actually was just bothering me. Mm -hmm. How is it that in 2016? I mean, that's not, it's a pretty progressive time. It's not 2020, but it's Mm -hmm. still a time where we should not be at the at the pace that we were um so I think it was just how normalized it was me and my friends we were listening to this and we're like oh my gosh this is horrible but a lot of my friends were also like that's just how it is there are some black guys that are just like that and that should never ever, ever ever be the case at all Mm -hmm. and then it just it kind of forced me to start interrogating the systems that we're in. I mean, we're in these institutions, we're paying our money, but we're not allowed to be who we actually are in fact we're told leave that at the gate Mm. and that is a massive problem because then we're growing up with all kinds of inferiority complexes because if it's not allowed in this space then it's not allowed in the corporate space it's not allowed in universities it actually you're just not supposed to be that period Um, And and that's a massive, massive problem, which is kind of where Blackboard Africa started from. You know, we really wanted to give young people a platform to interrogate this idea of African identity in a modern context um, and really engage with it and and kind of do some self-introspection in terms of what that means for yourself outside of your institution, outside of X, Y, and Z. Um, and then I think we just started shifting into the space of leadership, et cetera. And, and that's kind of how we got to where we are now.
0: Mm. But
1: yeah, I think those are two major things that, you know, really played a big role in how I think around, you know, my purpose and what I'm doing right now. And then the other thing is the big one, obviously my family and my parents, um, they are incredible. Like Absolutely incredible. They've been my massive support structure. In fact, they were the ones who pushed me to be different and to own, you know, my identity in these spaces. Mm. But I th- always thought it was weird. My mom would like put me in these amazing, you know, African hairstyles. And I'd be <laughs> like, Oh my gosh, my teachers are gonna comment, my parents are gonna comment. How can you do this to me? And you know, she was always really like absolutely not this is a part of your heritage it's part of your culture you need to wear it on your chest and I didn't quite understand it until I had this whole epiphany um so I mean just my whole my whole family has also been a really big part of
0: me becoming who I am today and Mm. yeah. yeah oh wow that is that's so incredible I mean like for me personally right um I only started seeing all, a lot of what you've mentioned, you know, the microaggressions, um, the fact that I can't be who I, who I really want to be, all these things. I started noticing them when I started working in corporate. I mean, I grew up in, I, I'm, from a, I'm from a small town, Mafeking, and went to a predominantly black school. Actually, I don't, I don't okay. think there was ever a white person in my school. So I wasn't really exposed to a lot, I would say. Um, and then I okay. went to Varsity and I think in Varsity I was just naive or oblivious to everything. It just, you know, I just never really, I was like, no, I'm not looking at that. But then when, I got, to co- when I got to corporate, then you that's when I started it. seeing it. I think it's so incredible yeah. that you started um, seeing all these things at such a young age because that is where it begins, right? Um, I mean, everything, yeah. that all, all the structures and things that we see in corporate, they, they didn't just start there. Like our behaviors are molded at such a young age that I'm so happy that someone like you is, is around to have caught these things at such a young age and is trying to make a change at like, it's trying to have people change at a younger age. Exactly. Exactly. Hmm. I mean, we need to start thinking a lot younger.
1: So I, I actually, it, it, it's a blessing and a curse, you know, for someone in your position to have only experienced that um, at mu- a much older age, because, you know, you got a sense of, you know, growing up, knowing l- around people like you, being mm. appreciated for, you know, your your own, your identity, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, then when you experience it in this corporate environment, you're also sort of like, what? It's What's a happening? shock. Yeah. I mean? It's a shock to the system. Mm. And I just think we should never... Even be shocked. So whether you experience it when you're younger, or whether you're going to encounter it when you're older, I think we want to make sure that you are so solid and so secure in your identity, whatever that means for you, mm. that whatever the world tries to throw at you, you cannot be shaken um you know you can call it you can call it what it is when you see it type of thing so you don't get to a point where you see it happening and you're like whoa what is this you're like oh blackboard told me how to handle this yeah do you know what i mean um so yeah yeah
0: that's that's that that is incredible i'm curious a random question why did you call it blackboard africa
1: Oh yes. Um,
0: I'm always interested in the names of things because I feel like they always have an interesting story to them.
1: Yeah no um, we we went around in circles for like months (laughs) trying to think of what to call it. We came up with you know all sorts of things but when we landed at Blackboard it was actually just perfect because you know then it actually came about from a metaphor, so the idea is that you know the African child, the young um, the young people of of this continent um, are blackboards, and they for so long have been written on by the talk of society. Mm. Um, this is how you should wear your hair, this is what you should look like, this is what you should act like, this is what is acceptable. And I think Blackboard is all about giving young people a clean slate to raise all of that and actually be the ones at the forefront of driving our own narrative. So whether that means innovation, whether that means purely storytelling, like writing, you know, film um, in whatever aspect you know it is for you, um, but be the one telling the world who you are, type of thing. Mm. Um, so, so that's that's what Blackboard
0: and what the name is all about. Oh wow, that's incredible! I really like that story, actually. <laughs> okay, now how did you get to a place where you were being invited to speak on international stages and <laughs> and sitting on a Having having intimate conversations with Michelle Obama, I mean, can you tell us a bit about your personal journey with regards to your speaking?
1: For sure. Um, I actually have no idea. That is the <laughs> honest truth. That is the honest truth. I mean, we were starting to work on Blackboard and then you know we were doing all of our events and you know it was we were just doing what we felt needed to be done and creating spaces that we felt need to happen. And then um, I don't know, just like opportunities and doors just started to open themselves up. And I think for the first time, I really, really understood what it means to walk in your purpose. Um, So I'm a Christian and, you know, I really believe in God and, you know, the opportunities that he has set up for me. And I honestly believe that it was 100% his doing. I could have never imagined or foreseen or done anything to, to end up in a room with Vishal Baba. That, that, that's, that's not me. (laughs) That wasn't, that is divine intervention at its finest. Um, So I think, Whether or not, you know, you're into spirituality or anything like that, but I think just the sentiment of walking in your purpose is one that I would employ everyone to, to, to walk in and to live in and to experience because opportunities, as much as you have to work for them, you do the work for them, Mm -hmm. um, when you're living in that, when you're stepping into what you are supposed to be doing, things will align i from from my experience um so that is yeah i actually i was doing the work so i'm not saying that you know you know things just fell in my lap
0: yeah but
1: um but there's no way <laughs> i couldn't have done it alone i i couldn't have Uh, foreseen it. Um, But I mean, obviously there is certain things that you do. So, you know, for instance, meeting Michelle Obama, um, that happened because I was attending Black Girls Lead, which is a Mm. leadership program in the US. Um, And I applied for that program. Do you know what I mean? So you put in the work to attend, I I put in the work to attend that leadership program. And at the time I actually had no funding to even get there or to stay there do any of that but you know i kind of just applied in good faith and then after that we fundraised and you know then i was able to go and then after that then they emailed me um a couple you know months down the line and said michelle obama wants to have a roundtable discussion with some of our girls oh and that's if insane if you're, <laughs> if you're in boston come through and i said i will be in boston Again, two days before like my matric final exams, no money to get there, but I said, I will be there and, you know, acting in good faith and um, a sponsor came through somehow and, you know, it all kind of, it it worked out, but, Mm. um, walking in your purpose, walk, acting in faith, I guess. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of gotten me to a lot of the spaces that, that I've, I've been in, if I've been entirely.
0: It, yeah i've had i've had some conversations with some some of the women that have come on to the show and um one of them, this people she says you know when something is meant for you it's so simple you we, we try to overcomplicate things and we try to force things sometimes but some, when something is for you it'll come so simply obviously it doesn't negate the hard work that you put in but it's exactly. i think it's like what you're saying you know it's so simple it will happen it will come I mean, if it's God's exactly. plan for you, it will happen. Exactly, mm. exactly. Mm. And I uh. think
1: also just like God's plan goes beyond what you could have ever imagined. I yeah. never ever thought that Blackboard could put me in sort of, these sort of spaces and these sort of rooms ever. Um, so I think, yeah, it's not just about your vision, you know, making mm. it about something bigger than yourself um, opens it up to a lot more opportunities.
0: Yeah, I was watching one of your other interviews, and you 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 mentioned like a few times I think on the on the interview that um, it's not about me, it's about yeah, it's about yeah, it's it, it's never about me. It's what you keep saying.
1: No, but that's that's just what it is. I think. Mm. Um, look, I mean, it's really important to invest in yourself and, you know, invest in self-care and all of those things. But, um, at the end of the day, I, I feel I've found that, you know, working towards a purpose that is bigger than yourself, then bigger, that is bigger than the CV that I want for myself or the money that I want to make for myself, the life that I want to live for myself, um, I don't know. It just—it's a lot more meaningful, mm-hmm. um, and it's—it's it's not about my insecurities. It's not about anything uh, that 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 could hinder me, so to speak. Because if it's bigger than myself, if this is something that I believe in my heart of hearts that young people need And when I'm given the opportunity to speak on behalf of those young people, I cannot shake. I mm. cannot hesitate. Um, and, and I won't because this is just so important. Um, mm. so, so yeah.
0: Okay. So let's talk a bit about, um, and I like asking my guests this question, um, as you were growing up, what did you want to become, um, what, what, what did you think you were going to like start studying tours and what did you actually end yeah. up doing?
1: Um, so I was really, really, really into drama. Uh, I still am. Um, funnily enough, we ended up, you know, partnering with the Barker Theatre. So I'm mm. really, really into theatre anyways. But I was sure I was going to be a movie star. <laughs> like, absolutely adamant. Um, and then, you know, after years, I, I started having chats with my grandfather and my parents and, you know, they were all like, maybe you should go into law because I'm super duper stubborn and, you know, <laughs> I have really hold an argument um, until, you know, it it really, there's nothing left. So I think I also was exploring that at some point. And then, you know, after Blackboard started, um, it was very clear that I wanted to be in the space of youth empowerment um, and just making and uplifting the lives of young people on the continent. So for me, that meant... Um, working in the NGO space, NPO space, uh, and really not maybe even if it's not Blackboard, but I mean working in in big corporations or organizations like, you know, the UN or those kinds of places, um, just ensuring that, you know, those big budgets are being assigned to Mm. Africa and are being assigned to the developmental Africa of Africa, or even just like working in the corporate spaces, because corporates have massive CSI budgets. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I realized actually quite, quite recently is that they have the means to give to NGOs. They do, they have budgets for it. They, they put aside money for it. So I think, um, I would also want to be maybe in the space of you know making sure that those budgets get into the right hands um so yeah that's why now i'm studying international relations and politics kind okay. of really understanding what you know big corporations and and, and governments and what what they do and what, how they contribute to to power relations mm,
0: Okay. Um, so, yeah wow yeah that's that's quite interesting how that how that shift happened yeah, yeah crazy right so my neighbor is like banging on red. the wall um, you can hear that sorry about that
1: <laughs> no I can't hear
0: anything okay. don't worry um
1: <laughs> yeah I mean it's interesting because like I think um purpose or just your journey in terms of what you want to be it's not it's not something that it stops or is stagnant mm-hmm. so yes I'm thinking of going into that space but at the same time you know I'm really still passionate about you know, storytelling and writing um, my aunt is a really big um, writer she's currently working on a Netflix production oh. um, so you know I'm, I'm assisting her wherever I can oh on wow that. um so so yeah I mean you know focus on your purpose and your journey but I mean m- make time for the things that you love
0: mm. and things that you want to do so mm. yeah so what have been I mean so much has happened for you I would say Um, what have been some of the biggest highlights of your journey and some of the biggest lowlights of your journey?
1: Yeah. Um, Highlights, highlights, highlights. Jesus, there's been so many. (laughs) many. (laughs) Um, I will say though, um, one of the biggest events that we did were like workshops that we did, um, was called Pass the baton and we launched it. I think it was 2018. Um, if I'm correct, yeah, I think it was 2018 and it's really all about, you know, leadership training and we would bring in mentors and, um, I really, really thought that was a massive highlight because it was the first time I really felt like we were getting into the crux of what we wanted to do. So it started moving a little bit away from from conversations, which are all all very important. Mm -hmm. But I think it started to move into the space of actually really developing skills that young people can use outside of the space. Um... And just hearing the feedback from that, that, you know, young people were so, so eager to be in these kind of spaces and so excited to share it with their friends and their family. And um, yeah, I think that was a really big highlight for me because I think it was our first step in the direction of focusing on leadership and mentorship and it was a massive success. Mm. So that was a a big, big highlight of mine. Um, What else? Yeah. I mean, obviously then the great opportunities, you know, speaking to Michelle Obama, um, you know, doing my TEDx, that was a big one. Yeah. The TEDx was a big one because literally I, I say it, yeah, it's just divine intervention, honestly, but three months before that, one of our mentors um, reached out to Zagisa and myself, who, who's my co-founder, and said, guys, I understand everything that you do with Blackboard, but just in your personal capacity, draw up a vision board of what you really, really want. And you know Zagisa's into film, so you know, her vision board was largely around that. But I actually realized that I have a lack for the speaking thing. So mm. I put on my vision board that, you know, I want to have a TED Talk. And I kid you not, oh, wow. two months later, the opportunity came up. So, I mean, yeah, <laughs> that was also just a massive
0: high. Um,
1: yeah, that was great. I and will, I will the- also
0: say that, like, how relevant is your TED Talk? Because I watched it, right? To what's yeah. happening right now also, right? Exactly. I mean, exactly.
1: Exactly. It's actually crazy that we're not more in touch with this because Mm. honestly, social media, guys, it really has changed the game. And the fact that, you know, we can be connected to people across the world and literally see their experiences, see their grievances, Mm. you know, see people dying so much so that it triggers something within ourselves and all around all around the world um that is powerful and that is what social media allows us to do um so i think just it's a missed opportunity to not Mm -hmm. tap into that um social media is definitely something that can catapult us into the right direction but also we need to be wary of just, just keeping it there, if that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so from social media, you gotta take the next step. Um. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think social media it can really be to our advantage.
0: Yeah. Like to our listeners, if you haven't yet I definitely think you need to go and watch Among Us' TED Talk. It's about turning social media into social impact. And I think with everything that's going on today, I mean, just last week we saw like when you logged onto Instagram on Tuesday, it was just all those black. Um, squares and it's about how yeah. do you turn social media and actually do something with it, you know, create exactly. change, create actual, consistent, um, sustainable change. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Everybody go check it out. And yes, you were, you were still thinking about your highlights and lowlights. Yes. Um, so, so low light wise, I think it actually
1: happened quite recently, like 2019, 2020, um, I think us as Blackboard, we went into a bit of a dip um, because you know, when we started, um, our parents were supporting us. So um, all of the financial kind of constraints around that were fully supported by our parents. Obviously, we had partners and stuff who helped with a little bit in their the here and there with venue and food, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But, um, and then our speakers spoke for free. But, I mean, our parents were really supporting us. And then um, during this past year, 2019, I think we just didn't ha- – our parents didn't have the capacity to do that anymore. And we um, – I guess we hadn't really thought of sustainability and longevity within within Blackboard. So when that source of funding dried up, um, we kind of really – hit a standstill Mm. um, which was really really was so sad because I would literally go anywhere I'd go out with friends and they would be like so when's the next blackboard meeting you know Mm. I can't I can't wait to be back in that space and I was like I don't have an answer for you because I don't I don't know what I don't know what to do and I think it was the first time we actually started to to move from a oh this is a really cool young person's project initiative to um this has got to be a business an, an organization
0: yeah.
1: somebody that is something that is credible and something that can really hold up um to to people who who want to fund and sponsor us um, so yeah i think that was a massive low light i guess but at the same time uh, I was still doing a lot of traveling um, and I went to this program called um, Global Team Leader. Um, it's actually called the Just Peace Summit um, and they called us Global Tea Leaders. And you know, I went through this program and it was great and um, it was happening in New York. And then also a couple months down the line, they reached out to me and said that, you know, I should come to this social enterprise world forum in addis ababa and ethiopia so i was like oh yes first of all i'm so excited to go to ethiopia but more than that it it was really the whole conference was around social enterprise and thinking of social movements as not just charity and really thinking around how you can enterprise those things Mm. so it, it came at the perfect timing and then also, when I was there, um, I met made, I made sponsors, you know, mm. SAP, the software company, who actually gave us a grant to, to, to fund us for the 2020 year. So, I mean, mm. yeah, we went through a massive dip, but, you know, continuing to do what I was doing actually really connected the dots and, and pushed us into the space where we needed to be. So, yeah. I mean, dips will happen. Um, it, it's a part of the journey. But I think it's around innovating, um, around what you can do to kind of overcome that because mm-hmm. they will come. They will come. Um, yeah. yeah. Definitely.
0: Yeah. That's a, that's a big uh, learning curve hey, that you went through. Actually. Yeah. A little bit disheartening, Definitely. like you're saying. Like I mean, it sucks. We can't deny that it sucks. But I mean, as long as you you guys manage to learn from it and like now yeah. you know better, so you'll do better exactly Hmm. exactly who have been some of the big influences in your life oh my goodness Um, (laughs) are there too many (laughs) so
1: so many i couldn't even list them if i wanted to the thing is i really try to um I, i i have mentors all around the world from you know every sort of space and i say that because i think of mentors or or i think of people who can have an influence Mm -hmm. in your life as people that you may not have even met Mm -hmm. and i think sometimes we try to think of mentors and say oh no you know it has to be somebody that i meet for coffee once a month and you know this and that but but it's really that's not the case um and i think it's all about identifying traits within individuals that you admire and then studying that. So, you know, if I think that this person has an amazing brand, you know, Yara, I think I really enjoy the way that she's Mm -hmm. positioned herself as a young person, you know, in in the media realm and and how she's really all about getting young people into voting and and into that space. Um, So I really appreciate that. And in that sense, I would say, okay, cool. I really admire this this trait about a Yara, for example. Um, And then there's been the people in my life who actually really have been, you know, meet for coffee, you know, once a month type people, Um, like Terry Petor, Biddy Klamini, and Noabi Samayema. She's also been a massive um, mentor of mine. Um, oh, there's just too many to name. There really is. Um, But those are a couple of them. And then obviously my mother, my mother and my aunt um, and my dad, my my whole family, my gosh.
0: Um, (laughs) My mother, um, my dad, everyone.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Literally everyone. But I think my mother specifically and my father have major, major influences in Mm. terms of who I am and me, me going in the direction
0: that I am. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Can you also tell us a little bit about, um, cause I'm thinking now about what you said with um, the, the, the big low light that you had last year. What are some of, what other lessons, um, what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned through this journey as well?
1: Yeah. Um, okay. So I think, a lesson that I learned pretty early is that, although, you know, you should tap into your friends um, f- to support you, uh, at the very same time, it's okay that, you know, maybe your friends are not gonna be in your corner for this part of your journey in your life. Um, and I think that was one of the lowlights that kind of hit me quite early, was that you know we started Blackboard and we started doing all these events and um, there were all these young people coming but you know not not many of them were actually my friends which mm. which really kind of stung because I was like what why don't you guys support me and I I was really I went into a bit of a wow you know you guys don't really what what's our friendship based on if you can't be there for me stepping into my purpose. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I started to realize that, you know, first of all, it's okay that not everybody's going to be in your corner at every step of the way. Um, I, I really had to come to terms with that. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, realize that, you know, you have different interests with different people in your life. So I think it might've been not to say that it's too much to expect your friends to support you, but it might be too much to expect your friends to be interested in every single thing that you're interested in. Yeah. Um, So I think setting reasonable expectations, you know, there are people in my life who I am very, very intellectual with. And, you know, we talk about, you know, the future and we talk about you know, Blackboard and and things like this, initiatives like this, and and I guess higher purposes. And then there's people that, you know, I really just have a laugh, you know, we we goof off and, you know, they're they're also so important because you need a break. I need Mm. a detach from, you know, everything that's going on because the work that we're dealing with is obviously very heavy. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I need those people as well. Um, And I think just creating pockets of people in your life that, you know, serve different functions or serve different different meanings or purposes, I guess. Mm.
0: Um,
1: so that was a great, great lesson that I, that I kind of came to terms with. Um, what else? What else? I don't know. Um, yeah, like I said, you know, going through our dip, I, I think I realized how important it is to think long-term or, or maybe even not, but I think it's important to identify when you're about to start any sort of initiative or a project, is this something that you're doing for this week? Is this something that you're doing for this month or for the next three years or for the next 10 years? Yeah. Um, because that honestly positions the way that you will be interacting with it. And it's okay to say you don't know want this is actually something i want to work on for the next three months and just commit to that um, because then you're like okay i want to do a drive or i want to do this and you work on it for those three months and you pull your all into it for those three months and then after that you know nobody's going to hold a gun to your head and be mad that you stopped um, but at the same time if you're thinking about something working towards something that you want to be working on for the next 10 years then that means investing a little bit, it's something a little bit different. Mm. Um, and I think if I had maybe, if sat down and had that conversation with myself, early, you know, around Blackboard, I would have known that I wanted to do this for a really long time. And then it would have forced me to think, okay, well, how can I continue to do this for the next couple of years? Because, you know, my parents aren't going to always pay for everything. And I think if I started to think around that at an earlier stage, then maybe, maybe, you know, I could have gone a little bit further, a little bit faster, but I mean, you know, you take these things out of the cubs. Um, but I mean, if those are two things that I can kind of impart on people so that, you know, they don't have to, to go through it the way that I did. Um, I'm I'm happy to share.
0: Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, this has been amazing so um, my final question that i ask on the podcast and i love it's my favorite question um <laughs> and the reason i ask this is because of my favorite quote which is be who you needed when you were younger <clears throat> i love that quote yeah. um and i try to live by it um i feel like when we were younger we even though even if we may not have known it but we 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 may have needed someone or needed to hear something from someone, um, and I feel yeah. like if we needed that, then there's a younger person, <clears throat> sorry today that would need that right now. So I always ask my my guest, um, yeah, if you could go back if you could go back and talk to mm-hmm. your younger self, um, and I always say that younger could be you last year, it could be you five years ago. It doesn't matter because yeah. you, you were younger. You were younger yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if exactly. you could go back and talk to your younger self, what would you say to her? Um,
1: I would go back a couple of years actually, um, and say to my younger self that confidence is a muscle. Um, and I'll saying a little bit more about that now, but I think when I was younger, I thought when I get old, I'm just not going to have a care in the world. I'm going to be like old people and I'm just not going to care what people think. I'm not going to care what, you know, how people react to me or how people respond to me. And I'm just going to be so confident. Um, And and I was sure that all these insecurities would just leave me because I would be old and everything Mm. would be better. And that is just not the case. Um, I think I started getting older and I started, you know, getting into varsity and this thing wasn't happening. You know, (laughs) it was supposed to just switch off. Where is it? Where is it? Where's the switch? Um, and, And that really wasn't happening. And I think that's when I started to think, okay, maybe confidence is not something that, you know, you just switch on. And, and that's where this idea of that cons- confidence is a muscle kind of came about. You know, you wouldn't go after no exercise for 10 years, go run the Comrades Marathon. You wouldn't because your mus- muscles are not conditioned for something like that. So it's something that you have to exercise. Um, you know, do little things every day, walk into a room and announce yourself or every day, you know, try an exercise where you ask a question in class, you know, that could boost your confidence Mm. and boost your ability to, to represent yourself in public settings, or, you know, walk into a room and actually pay no mind to what people may be thinking about you. Just do what you feel, what you want to do in that moment, and not alter that because you think, oh no, people are going to think I'm a bad dancer. Um, do you know what I mean? So like, Mm. so, so I think those were things that I started to do and I started to exercise that confidence muscle and it, and it kind of has got me to the place where I am now, um, where I'm a little bit more confident and I can kind of speak with you today on this level. Um, Cause I was such an introvert as well. What? I hated socializing, <laughs> massive introvert. I hated socializing. I didn't like, I just, I couldn't talk to new people. So, you know, again, exercises, I walked into a room and have a conversation with somebody I don't know. That's the, that's the exercise for mm-hmm. the day. Um, so, so yeah, I think that's what I would have told myself. Mm. yeah
0: mm. <laughs> that's, I, I really like that one I actually really like that one it's also something that I feel like I'm still working on myself yeah you know? it's
1: something we're all working on mm. you know
0: but I just keep on thinking that like
1: you know when I'm gonna get 30 then I'm very really <laughs>
0: not
1: <laughs> and that's just not the case so, uh. so yeah
0: Yeah, no definitely we need we need to all exercise that much and I love that you said in there about it's it's not. It's also like it's not about the fact that you want to maybe become a public speaker. It's about being able to represent yourself exactly in public exactly. spaces. Yeah. So we do need to learn to exercise that muscle so that when, like we were saying at the beginning of the podcast, when these things happened to me at a much older age, I was like, well, "What is going on?" You know. Yeah. Mm, these are the things that help exactly. you deal with these situations. Exactly, exactly. This has been so amazing. I'm so, so happy that you came and gave me your time and gave our listeners your time and your voice. I'm so happy. Thank you so much, Amonyeh. Thank you so much for having me. This is an incredible platform. Uh, You are an
1: incredible woman as well. Just I I keep doing what you're doing. uh, Oh, thank you. important you are important
0: and yeah thank you for having me and 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 just before we wrap up how can our listeners get get in touch with you keep up with your work and just follow you follow your journey yeah um so i'm pretty
1: active on on instagram but also you can reach me on twitter um so my instagram handle is a underscore a oh whoa sorry (laughs) let me (laughs) go through that again it's a underscore m-o-n-g-e so that is my personal instagram account and then if you want to reach out to blackboard the blackboard instagram account is blackboard underscore africa um and and it's pretty much the same thing on my um twitter
0: and facebook and and all of that stuff so Mm. yeah please do reach out yes guys please do please do follow her work I mean I cannot wait to see what else what else you do <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in guys don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review as always we love to engage with all of you so feel free to pop us an email if you have any feedback or guest recommendations on info at We're also on Twitter and Instagram, so don't forget to tag us on your posts at SheBrigade. See you next week.